0: Hi, this is Tracy Watson, and welcome to the Laughing Mother Project, where we laugh at the days to come. Welcome back to episode six on the Laughing Mother Project podcast. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. I'm particularly excited about today's guests. Her name is Pastor Tanya Amy. Her and her husband pastor a church in Vintik, Nam- Namibia. And um, that's our paths crossed. Tanya, thanks for giving of your time and coming and sharing your heart on this platform today.
1: Hi Tracy I love this platform and I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for thinking of me and including me in on what you're doing Um, I love you dearly so I'm super excited to answer these questions and have this dialogue with you and hope that it helps someone who's listening
0: Tanya we already loving you thank you so much for your time again let's start off with some of the questions I think the first thing we need is some background to you. We need to know from you where you were born and how you grew up and just how you came to know Jesus.
1: So where did I grow up? As you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, California in the USA, born and raised, and I grew up in a Christian household. So um, what that looked like was my parents lived Christ before us, my sister and I. And we went to church on Sundays. We, my parents were a part of the ministry, be it prayer or volunteering in some capacity. So that's kind of all I knew. And of course, being brought up in the church, I was involved in everything the church had to offer. From the choir to children's church to whatever activities the church provided, I was, I was engrafted into it. I was literally woven into the um, structure of the church. So I've known... Um God all my life, but I don't I don't know the exact time where I gave my life to Christ, but I know it was very, very early on and it was sincere. Um, because like I said of what was lived before me, so it wasn't that it wasn't that I didn't know who God was, but at that point I made a personal decision to make him my Lord and Savior and I've been rocking with Christ ever since.
0: Friends, did you hear that line? Lady T you said that your parents loved Christ before you and your sister and i just think that's pure gold that is so powerful and um, i know that it was really cool for me to be able to see you ministering in church and you've got this beautiful presence and you know how to host and uh, host the presence of god and minister to people from the pulpit but what was really great for me was visiting you in your home and just seeing how naturally you love on your kids and You just do life in the most natural way. You've got a great sense of humor. Um, So how did you land up in Namibia? Um, Was that part of your plans? Um, Yeah, the church in Namibia, from the States to Namibia. Can you tell us how that story unfolded?
1: Wow, the story of uh, leading a church in Namibia. Well, um, I met my husband, um, Pastor Michael Amy, in church when we were, uh, nine years old, so we were about in the third grade, and it's crazy because I have, um, kids that age. So to imagine that I met, um, my husband, in, the third grade at nine years old in church, kind of makes me you know, uh, giggle. Granted, we weren't liking each other and dating, of course, at that age. But we became friends, really great friends, um, at that age, and through our church um got involved like like I mentioned earlier I was involved in everything the church had to offer and so um was my husband at the time and so one of the things one of the first things that we um did on a in a, on a larger scale was um, go on a missions trip and our first mission trip together was Jamaica and that's where he Um, received the call of God on his life. And this was at the age of 15. So imagine we're teenagers and just had this God encounter that was uh, more than anything we could ever ask for or imagine. And so with that, it just was in our DNA. It was engrafted in us. And so therefore, with just having been exposed to um, the world at large, one of our our songs and confessions that we would constantly sing and, and and cry out to God was here am I send me to the nations as an inheritance, and um, so of course my husband and I we we started dating at eighteen we got married at twenty three, um, so the call of God on his life and then me knowing that God um, had something special and planned for my life, um, we you know we're living this life poured out to God and in two thousand and ten we were still in Los Angeles California. And our, our home church, Crenshaw Christian Center, at the time, called us in December of 2010. And they had pastors that were currently here in Windhoek, Namibia, but they were moving to another location. And so somehow we were asked to come and be a part of the ministry here. And they asked us if we can come and pastor the church. Granted, we've never pastored before. We were only involved with ministry um, in... You know missions, and of course we taught and stuff, and we we literally lived under. So we've had on the drop training, but to say that we were pastors um, was new to us. And so they ordained my husband, and uh, March of two thousand and eleven, we were in Namibia. So March. 2021 will be 10 years that we would have served the country of Namibia in the capacity of pastoring. So in 2011, we moved here, we, were, we took over Crenshaw Christian Center Global Ministries, which is our home church's extension. Um, and in 2014, our assignment was over. And they told us that we can come back home and, and you know wrap up our affairs here. But we knew that in our hearts, this is where God had placed us, planted us, and rooted us, and we couldn't go. And so um, at that point, we, were, we parted ways. We, released, we were released from the assignment with Crenshaw Christian Center, and that's how Koi was birthed. Well, that's how Koi was um, established here in Namibia. That's a whole other story on how Koi was birthed, but it's, established in, its establishment in Namibia was birthed in 2014. And that's kind of how our, um, that's the, the short version of our story of how we were pastoring a church here in Namibia.
0: So I'm so glad that you came to Namibia because that's how our paths crossed. And you know, um, for the benefit of the listeners, um, I'm married to uh, Doug Watson. He played cricket professionally for 16 years and then he went into a coaching career and we landed up living in Namibia for four years. And that's where I met Lady T. I actually taught Michael, her firstborn son, And he's such a character, in fact, I have to tell this funny story about the fact that his name is Michael, and of course he came American, um, well, he was an American, and we were part of a school which was largely Afrikaans, and in Afrikaans, the word for friend is Mikey. But that was his name as well. So he got there and people were like saying, hello, Mikey's. And it means hello, friends. And he just thought everybody was saying, hey, Mikey, hey, Mikey. (laughs) But he has, he has, I mean, he's just blessed with people skills like in loads. So that was just really cool. Um, Talking about Michael, um, you're his mom. Lady T, what is the role of a mother? What would you describe a role of a mother as being?
1: How do I see my role as a mom to my children and to the nation of Namibia? Well, at this point, um, there's so many hats in my role as a mom. But I think most importantly, and I heard it said this way, and it really stuck with me, that I'm not raising kids. I'm raising adults. Um, They're going through the process, and in that process are... Are the the adolescents and the kids stage, but I'm raising adults because essentially, at the end of my um, impartation, as it were, they'll be adults. So I need to make sure that as I'm raising them in the different stages that they're, um, that they go through, that at the end of the day, they are responsible, um, contributing, um, adults. And so my role is that. Um, of a nurturer, I think, first and foremost, but um, at the crust of it all or at the core of it all is to um, in the best way possible display Christ to our children. Um, and that that is a task. That is a really big task. And it may seem like, okay, just, you know, do X, Y, and Z, but it's not that easy because they're different personalities they're they have different purpose they have um there's a lot of different things and 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 during this pandemic what's interesting is that a lot of the roles have been shifted to that of a a teacher an educator um however um the pandemic was not the trigger for me to become an educator for our children but i started to homeschool our children in two thousand nineteen, the beginning of the year, and um, for for reasons that my husband and I came to, um, and so I got a head start, and it was just a completely different um, role that I had to play. Um, it 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 harnessed a, a a level of respect for teachers and educators as a profession, but it also made me appreciate and and truly love. And we're I'm still homeschooling, and the kids are actually in class now, and but I truly love. Um, the opportunity that i that I have to shape and mold our children in a in a holistic way um and so my role it it just i feel like it uh it's like a a juggler you know you just one moment i'm a teacher the next moment um maybe i'm pastoring our children uh disciplining them and training them in the way that they should go. Um, of course, nurturing them and loving on them, spoiling them even at times. Um, But nonetheless, that role that I get to um, play in my children's life, I find that to be um, a role that has a a wider cast net for the people that I get to mother in a spiritual capacity um, within the church. And so um, it just... It's just a it's it's a grace that I know is sufficient from our father that allows me to have the capacity to have the roles and, and to to um play the roles in the lives of not only our natural children, but the spiritual children that God has blessed us with. And yo, it keeps us on our it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me um constantly um um doing inventory on self and checking myself to make sure that i am representing um the person that i want my children to grow up and love and appreciate and value because of what i've instilled in them and of course all the other people that i have the wonderful privilege to um mother
0: so lady t i just love your answer there um that's amazing because that's what this podcast is actually about. It is about being prophetic. It is about having a goal of, well, just just having a a mindset of the fact that you're raising your children into maturity, and I think that you're doing that so well. Um, but can you tell us, have you have you got any advice to give to somebody who is raising their child up? in a culture that is different to the one that they grew
1: up in? Wow, that's a great question. I, As I mentioned, we're from Los Angeles, California in the US. So our oldest, we have three kids. We have a son, Michael, and he's 11. And that's how we got to know each other, Tracy, of course, because Michael um, was in your class when I think he was three. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, Then we have two daughters, Jasmine, who's middle, and she just turned nine, and Chloe, the baby. Uh, She's three. Now Michael was born in Los Angeles, California, and he was one and one and a half. He was turning two um, the year we moved here. So we moved here in March, twenty eleven, and he was turning two that June. So all he knows is Namibia, even though he's very well aware of where he was born, his raising, uh, uh, where he was raised, and where he's being raised is in Namibia, in Vinhook, and our girls were born here. And so I think the biggest difference is just culturally. I mean, um, the accessibility and, of course, not having grandparents and and biological family here to, you know, um, contribute to the raising of our children is definitely different. So the advice that I would give you is, is pray. And I know it may sound super spiritual, but I mean, that's what I did. I prayed and asked God to bring people across our path that would help us um in establishing um a family unit here um and to just provide the, the, the necessary grace and, and resource. Um and and I can't I can't deny the fact that we have such a family unit here that only God could have given us and the power of technology has allowed us to Keep the bond and the relationship with our children and our family back home, and when we visit, it's not like there's any space or time in between us. And so, um, I think the best advice is number one, pray for the right people to come across your path to assist you in raising, and and number two, stay connect- as connected to, um, your home, um, or where you were born and raised, especially if there's family and things there, and be that liaison, be that link that connects your your culture, your heritage, your family, to your children, um, even as you raise them in a different place. And number three, have fun. Have so much fun with them. You know, create new adventures and ways to um, completely give yourself over to the place in which you're raising them. And then, of course, be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with your children because it's a process for everyone.
0: Wow, great answer, which brings me to... um asking you for some practical tips on how you train up a child in the way that they should go.
1: Oh, I love this question. What are practical things that I, um, do to train up our children in the way that they should go? Um, I think one understanding, this is now an internal piece, understanding that they're all different. Um, And respecting their differences and not trying to project or enforce something that um, is not who they're showing me they are. Um, Patience is, I think, practical. Um, Um... I think some other practical things from a spiritual perspective on raising them in the way they should go. Confession. Um, there's power in the tongue, as the scripture says in Proverbs. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, and they who love it will eat the fruit thereof. And encouraging our children through the power of confession that they can shape and frame their worlds. And so being a, an example of that um, before them by you know ensuring that I'm speaking the right things when speaking to them but also encouraging them to make confessions. So every day when we're preparing for school, um, we make confessions per the word of God together. And um, and if I notice that they're um, saying something just in everyday life that contradicts what the word of God would say, I quickly you know, correct them to ensure that they get their, their mouth and their words in line with the word of God. Um, and then of course, just living before them, I think that's practical because we live every day and making sure that in my living, um, I'm setting the best example that I can before them. But that's not an example of perfection because I'm not perfect. No one is. But showing them um, the best version of myself every day and then being quick to correct myself and apologize if i made a mistake or if i did something wrong to show them that in life there are mistakes but that we don't beat ourselves up and we don't stay in our mistakes but we fix them we correct them we apologize where apologies are needed and we progress and we move forward so a const- constantly com- com- constantly conversing with them um is another practical step you know and and you know um setting time out being intentional about the time and the and being in the moment. One of the confessions that we make together is that I will be present in every moment. And sometimes that's a challenge because there's so many different things that are pulling you. I mean, there's your phone, there's work. I mean, we're still running a ministry. So there's, um, there, there are pools in that direction. Our youngest, who's three years old, is not fully in school. So there are needs that she has. Of course, there's the cooking. Sometimes there's the cleaning. There's meeting and tending to the needs of my husband. And of course, tending to the needs of myself. So um a practical step that I'm still working on is to be present in every moment to make sure I'm intentional about the moments that I spend with our children and being careful not to just, you know, brush them off. Um, but if I need to just take a pause on whatever I'm doing to give them the attention that they need so that they know that they're valued and that they're important to me, more important than anything that I may be doing. Um, and And so those are just some practical ways and then of course, you know, making sure we do things together, whether that's going out for ice cream or going to the mall, or taking field trips to the nursery um, and just doing things that they also like to do uh, one of the practical things that we also um do is is we take them on the journey we i i I'm, I'm careful my husband and I are careful to make sure that our children know that they're our first priority and they're our first ministry because um in the history of my growing up, you know, there's a lot of stories that one hears about the church being put before their family. And I wanted to be very cautious in that. And so um, we take our children on the journey. One of the reasons why we're homeschooling is so that they can travel with us and they can experience God through watching us. um, So they know that, you know, they, the church doesn't come before them, but that they have a, a love and a reverence for God because of the examples that we set before them.
0: Lady T, this is um, another question which I think mothers uh, sometimes struggle a little bit with is children can fill your life and children can be demanding of your time and your energy. And um, it's important to look after your relationship, your marriage, how do you and Pastor Mac make sure that you, you keep your marriage on fire?
1: It's like I was saying in the other one, being present in every moment. And I think intentionality. Um, and one of the things that my husband and I are, um, you know, are really we really strive to make sure that we spend time together because he's pastoring a church. There's a lot that, you know, he carries, and then I'm looking after the children, um, and finding that balance, and finding that time for one another is is so important, so we love to travel, so wherever, whatever opportunity we can get, we travel, and, you know, where we can take our kids, we will, but then there's the times where we need it just to be us, and so our traveling, you know, together is awesome, and when we can't travel, <clears throat> we you know, try to walk together. We we like to watch certain series and shows. Um, that's one of the kids in the background. Um, we watch the shows together and um, just take time out for one another. We cook together. Um, whenever, whatever we could. we spend a lot of time together. So the 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 beautiful thing is that we do spend a lot of time with one another, um, and that helps us um, just to look after one another. And it's just great. I I really enjoy it. I don't this pandemic has caused a lot of people to be in in each other's space um, more than they've ever and it doesn't bother us because it's kind of what we you know enjoy doing so we both love to shop so we, finding our common interests and you know doing those together and then also giving each other um, the time that's necessary for each other to have you know just time away um, just for themselves so they can do the things that they enjoy. So I play volleyball, so I get to do that. My husband, play, you know, he does CrossFit, so he does that. So, um, yeah, just looking after one another and continuing to date each other and, and keep, you know, things alive and, and not um, just allowing the things of life to make us forget that we are for each other and that we have to look after and take care of one another.
0: So what would you say you'd like your kids to learn from you?
1: Yes, the scripture in Proverbs says that our children will rise up and call us blessed. And I don't know, that brings a smile to my face, but it also makes sure it, it, it keeps me accountable to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So they will do that. Um, what do I want them to learn from me? Uh, something I learned from my mom was the power of forgiveness. And I, I definitely want them to... Um, learn that from me i i forgive easily i mean it's 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 healing for me and when i when i understand what forgiveness really truly does um for the forgiver i can't help but to forgive and the bible talks about forgiveness in connection to answered prayer so i can't afford not to forgive but i really want my children to learn from me the power of forgiveness because there's a lot of people I've come across and have counseled that harbor this hard heart towards people and this unforgiveness that truly blocks them from being able to live the best life and the life that God has called them to be and I just don't want our children to hold on to grudges and things that would prohibit their progress. So of course uh, the power of forgiveness, the power of love, um, how love covers a multitude of sins, how love defends, love is patient and kind, all of the things that the scripture says love is. I want them to really embody the attributes of love, not only um, giving love, but understanding and receiving God's love, knowing that there's nothing that they could do that can separate them from the love of God. And once they truly know for themselves how much they are loved by God, it would just make them um, superheroes. In our society, and I mean, if we look around our world today, it's full of chaos, it's full of hate, it's full of contentions, and we need more love, we need more um, uh, compassion and so teaching our children how to forgive, teaching our children the power of love and compassion, um, that that ability to feel something so much that it moves them to do something. So I don't want them to just sit back and say, oh, shame, this has happened, or oh, too bad for that person. I want it to move them to a point where they're sensitive and definitely obedient to to do something and to make a change. And um, I mean, there's a laundry list of things that I want them to learn from me. Um, But those are some of the main ones that I think of off the top of my head. And of course, in so teaching them, I have to live that because I can't say... To do something when I don't do it because they will be the first one to correct me, so I allow my life um, to do the the teaching, and so when I say it, I can always reference my lifestyle when I'm you know teaching them something. It's like does mommy do that? Does mommy not do that? And then they can they can they have a correlation that the way that I live is also what I'm saying, and that the the integrity of their lives and the words that they speak. Um, will take them far
0: lady t it's been so special um i really think that this is one of those podcasts which are incredibly rich and uh, it's one of those things that i think you need to as a listener go back to and and listen to again because there's so much to be gained from the advice that lady t has given us. Um, you know, if you want to hear more of her or learn more about her, she's an amazing teacher. She's got a brilliant way with um, just with ministering to people. So you can, you can look her up um, on Instagram, Facebook. You can look up the website of Koi Church. And I'm sure you can get hold of some of her material and some of her sermons and Pastor Mark's sermons. Lady T, God bless you. Be so grateful for you thank you so much
1: tracy thank you so much for this opportunity for thinking of me and for sharing your platform and allowing me to share my hearts my heart as it pertains to mothering um, love you